Hello everyone, this is China Paradigm, where we, Dashi Consulting, interview seasoned entrepreneurs in China. Hello everyone, I'm Matthew David, the founder of Dash Consulting and this podcast, China Paradigm. And today I'm with Laurent Le Pen. You are the founder of Omate. You have been in China for 12 years now. 12 years is a cycle in China. You arrive at one type of um, animal sign and you are back to this sign again, 12 years. And you started your business with something I'm very, very interested in. And I think a lot of people will be interested by a Kickstarter in 2013 in something which is the most difficult thing to do as an entrepreneur, hardware, hardware, product, and something which is very sexy, but few people deliver wearable as a service. I repeat, wearable as a service. We are more used as um, uh, uh, um, soft, software as a service, right? This is more use, something you we, uh, hear more and you are offering wearable as a service. So this is a, a watch. Omet is a watch. Um, you went from fashion to actually w- work uh, a working element, uh, and, and you switch from uh, something which is designed for fashion to something which is designed to kids and loan workers. And I had to Google what is a loan worker to understand what a loan worker is, and I believe you are going to tell us more about it. On Kickstarter, you raised $1 million in 2013, if I'm correct, at least what's in, on your presentation, which is very, very impressive. So I believe a lot to say, you are based in Shenzhen now, you are calling from Shenzhen, and you have been in Shenzhen for 10 years, right? Or 10, 12 years, you have, you have spent your life in China in Shenzhen. Thank you very much for being with us, Laurent. And what's Omate today? Size, uh, revenues, if you can share, uh, number of people working in the company, what do you do? Cool, thanks for having me, Mathieu. Um, so yeah, here we are at our office in Shenzhen. We have a small um, auditorium, like meeting room. Um, so yeah, we're Omate, uh, we have been around since 2013. Um, previously, actually, I, I come from the mobile phone design industry. I was working at a, a spin-off of Philips Mobile um, in, in France, in, in Le Mans, and now we're from, from Paris. And in late 2007, I'm the company asked me to move to Shenzhen. That's where the where I was out um, of for you know like our industry, like um, consumer electronics and and telecom, mobile phone design. And back in several years after, like 2013, I, I started uh, indeed with a Kickstarter. So I was pretty new. And today, um, uh, so we we pivoted a few times, you know, like uh, as a startup in that that wearable world. But um, today we, we focus on wearable as a service, as you mentioned. We kind of created that, that term uh, to explain what we do. Um, basically, we, we use our, our, our smartwatches, so the hardware, so telecom smartwatches connected to the, uh, to the telecom network over 4G. And we focus on people who need protection. So that allows us to basically cover several segments uh, that going from the kids, you know, like this kid watch uh, from five to ten years old, uh, which are like used to um, uh, to locate or to uh, communicate, uh, um, you know, over a video call, for example, with uh, with their kids, and then the um, I would say the opposite of the life spectrum, like the seniors, the seventy years old and above, 
where um, by using the same hardware, we, we design a new software and we connect it to some services, especially with uh, insurance companies, uh, telecare companies. So in that way, we can basically, when people press, um, you know, like the emergency button, we will extract the GPS location and we will trigger a video call with a, a professional call center. So that's a real professional service. While for the kids, it's more like, um, uh, you know, like a free service uh, through apps uh, that the parents can locate uh, freely their, their kids. And in between, we have um, this um, other segment called the loan workers, where um, basically it's uh, people working in a harsh environment or um, any any environment where they can they can be at risk because they are they are alone. So it can go from the security to people working in construction, uh, transport, utilities, etc. Uh, so that's the three segments today we cover, but. Um, before that, we have been through different process. You mentioned like from, actually our very first model was, um, um, you know, like a sport watch after we moved to, to fashion and finally to, to kids and then, <laughs> and then to the seniors today, which represent about 70% of our revenue. So, um, that has been a, a lot of change. And to answer briefly your question. So today we have, 12 people full-time here on um, R&D side in Shenzhen. And uh, we have a support team in Hong Kong and uh, in Europe and in the US where we, we can, um, you know, like support our customers locally because most of our business is in, is in um, the US and, and Europe, especially for the seniors and loan workers. And for the kids, it will be more in Asia. I see. So I saw a smile when I was saying um, a fashion, fashion device initially. Um, so can you tell us more about the story? You began your ID when it was a Kickstarter. What was it exactly for Omate and for the smartwatch? So our first product, um, it was really a, a coincidence of um, business. Like we, we are designing smartphones. Um, we were like... Um, uh, and we're still today like uh, Android experts, and that's where we come from. So that's our DNA. Uh, then we created, um, we, we started working on a project called um, Outdoor Mate, and which was kind of a sport watch, um, you know, that you can wear where you cannot bring your, your expensive uh, smartphone. So in 2013, that was the very beginning of the, of the, of the, you know, like, um, uh, people having this kind of, um, phablet, you know, like big smartphones that we all have today, like over five inch. And even at that time, like iPhone was, was still a relatively small phone. Like it was a 3.5 inch uh, screen. And so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, something like that, like iPhone, iPhone 4. Yeah. And, um, and then, um, it was also the beginning of the, of the smartwatches. So, we decided to create this outdoor made project um, to, you know, like try to sell it to our B2B customers. And no one really saw the value of it or say, oh, it's too complex or uh, it's not yet ready, etc. So we say, okay, let's uh, use the F word. We say, okay, let's do it. And uh, we, from outdoor made, we created Omate. And we, our first, because we had to give a name to that, that was our company name that little device which was like a rugged uh, watch a smartwatch 3g watch at that time and we decided to call it the true smart because compared to the other smartwatches 
um, it did not need to be paired over Bluetooth. Um, it could be smart by itself uh, by connecting connecting it to the to the network uh, with through a SIM card. So that was really unique. It was a world first uh, Android pure Android smartwatch. We had uh, Google looking at us like, uh, hey, "What are you doing? You are not allowed to do this. You cannot do that." And um, anyway, we launched it on Kickstarter, um, and we yeah very quickly we raised a, a million dollar. Um, so that was like. It, the million dollar is not that important, but the most important was the 5,000 users. And we were used to deal, you know, um, you know, like, uh, with our B2B partners, like, it's about, like, you have to deal with 10 customers or 12 customers or something like that. And, uh, is there a large company or a small and medium enterprise? But, uh, here we had 5,000 and we were becoming a consumer brand. Uh, that, that was totally new game for us. And we did pretty good because we delivered all uh, not everything on time, but honestly quite well. At least we delivered all of them. And, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good, uh, experience to become like, um, like a suddenly having the spotlight from the press or from, uh, you know, like the consumer side. And very quickly I understood like, um, like, uh, we were not very legitimate on this sports segment. You know, you have the polar, you have like the, um, you know, like Garmin, you have all this very great company doing very good, um, sport, which is a Fitbit, etc. So we also understood that what we were doing was very geeky, uh, exactly what, what we were representing actually. So, and we also, at the same time, the, the, the other companies that were just starting maybe six months, a year after you have like the Apple watch, you have Google coming with their version of Android Wear. So it was, it was time for us to differentiate. And that's why we, we, we were thinking like, okay, technology is what you carry, but fashion is what you wear. So, which is true. Um, we were like, all these early devices were really designed by, like engineers, not with no taste of fashion. Uh, I mean, there was no fashion designer behind that. While the watch industry is much more like, um, into, uh, into style and into, uh, um, diversity of, about your, your look, uh, and, um, and, uh, what you wear. So, um, yeah, we did this little, um, uh, adjustment or pivot, uh, to do, uh, to, to, to move to fashion. And, uh, but that was too easy, <laughs> you know, because they also, everyone did the same, maybe, uh, six months later, uh, the Apple, the Google, they all came with, um, with also some fashion partnership and much bigger than what we could do. Um, so that's where, it led it led it led us to um, to move to um, our wearable as a service that we do today, and I'm very happy about it because we that allowed us to survive in that world. As a Kickstarter, what did you emphasize on for people to spend basically two hundred dollars? Because if I count right, one million you raised one million dollars, you got five thousand people. So it's about two hundred dollars. It's not it's not a small amount. They have to trust you. You don't have the product. What did you sell? for them to buy. I understand it was a SIM card, it was, right? You, you insert a SIM card on the, on, 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 uh, in the watch, which is not connected to Bluetooth. So it's basically, you can go out with only your watch, not with your phone. Uh, with the iWatch, you still have to connect both mm -hmm. of them, if I, if I understood well. But what else do you provide? I see that you can provide emergency call. You can, maybe it was not the initial, actually, feature. Uh, you can see the, 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 the clock, of course, the time. Uh, but what was the, the initial um, value proposition? Well, so it's more about, we have to think back into the context. We are in 2013, so it's six years ago. 
there is no um, no real smartwatch at that time. There are only a few brands like uh, the guys like Pebble. They were doing like uh, e-ink, uh, black and white uh, Bluetooth uh, watch was very good. Um, they were like Fitbit doing uh, this kind of uh, you know like um, uh, Fitband, which are which were also like very basic, like just giving you like steps and uh, um, the time and steps and notification. What we were bringing to the table with the TrueSmart was really revolutionary. We were putting like almost like a smartphone on your wrist. So um, you could run almost any kind of app you wanted. That was not the intention, but it was more like a developer edition. So we, that's why we got like we could capture at that time, like the, the developer community, you know, like uh, Android developer community. Um, many people like us, actually, maybe people like uh, Omate engineers where um, we were like uh, engineer, uh, Android, uh, software-based uh, people. So people, they could check about, about I guess, that's how it worked for us is um, they could see that we were, we were really involved in the, in the industry, in the mobile phone design industry. So I was not coming from another industry, right? So I was not like, I don't know, from the oil and gas industry or, and suddenly decided to do like a... Um, uh, you know, like a wearable with Android. We were we were people who were already pretty involved in that in that environment. So people, we had that credibility, and I think that helped to gather some some buyers, some backers uh, to to support our project on Kickstarter at that time. You believe that people who buy on Kickstarter are, are that geeky, basically? They, they, they will look at your profiles, they will understand where you come from, they will trust you because who you are and more than the product you, de you, you describe? No, it's not uh, definitely the product, but I think if you look behind the product, um, you, you look at the team, you look at how we communicate. Uh, we were really B2B guys, we are not B2C people, so we were not a consumer brand. We were like a, a small startup. We were, we raised a million dollars when we were just a six months old company. So we just had a prototype. Uh, we invested our own money. Uh, so they could see that we had a working prototype. And then, um, then the press, um, it's thanks to the press. Like we, we had no PR, we had no, um, you know, like uh, no influencers, if you want. Like we, we did not know anything about that. Like the, the, I guess it did not really even exist. Uh, at, that, at that time, um, but um, yeah, it, it's like a snowball effect. After uh, I think the first day we raised hundred thousand dollars, we reached our goal after half a day, and uh, after thirty days of our campaign, yeah, we got a million dollar. But that's a long time ago, and uh, we spent. We had also a very small budget on on marketing. Like we had zero budget, and we just had a, a video. This is not possible today. Uh, no, we do. You know, when we launch our new product in limited edition, we do it very differently, but we, you spend, it's totally different today. Like it's much more professional uh, when you launch a Kickstarter or Indiegogo uh, nowadays, much more. How much did you have to invest to get a prototype back in 2013 from your own money? Uh, we invested about, um, me and my and my partner at that time, I mean Jack and I, we spent fifty thousand each. So it it was already an investment of hundred thousand US dollar. Uh, but that project was in the pipe for us to to sell to other company. So um, it's just because we we could not find anyone to to invest or to to launch the project uh, in in production. But um, the prototype was 
was half done. We had like, um, you know, like some wires, like uh, I'm still into this six years after I'm still into that. So, um, I mean, we have like this kind of a prototype phase and um, it was like what we call in a pilot run number two. Uh, when we announced it, then we did a pilot run, and after we did the mass production. So um, yeah, the the, the backers or five thousand backers uh, help us to to move to production. But I, I was not feeling it was that big at the time, and still today. I mean, it's it, it was great, but it's it was more like a, the most important was not like the the amount of money was was really like the um, uh, the fact that suddenly we had like a, a community and uh, people looking at at our product. How easy was it to find the, the, the factories, the producer to work with? Uh, how many producers did you, did you meet? How many did you work with? Um, could you describe a bit more about the, the, the challenges and, and on the opposite, maybe it's easier than what people expect? Yeah, so from, from our side, it's very special. Uh, I was there already like um, 2013, that was already six years. I was in, a, in Shenzhen and I... I had multiple, um, uh, you know, like factories uh, I was working with, you know, uh, for phones. And um, so it was very easy for us. And that's probably the part which we're giving the most credibility to, to our audience is because they could check that I, I was already delivering like products in the past. Uh, that be from, you know, working with Philips, um, working with um, some carriers, operators worldwide. So. Um, we had this, this expertise for a long time. So for, for me, that was not, um, that was an advantage. Um, we had a factory. We had all our supply base, um, all on the components we were using. They were all qualified by, um, by us. So it was very different than people who are designing for probably, you know, in the US or Europe, uh, a device. And then it's like a nightmare because they, they arrive in Shenzhen. They want to, to, to assemble the product and uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a death valley for them. But um, that was a big advantage for, for Omate is that we have already that in place. Were you speaking Chinese with them? Did you, are you speaking in English? Or could you describe a bit more about how, how, it, how it's working when you were working with them for your own product, which is a bit different from when, when you work for a big company, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, now we, we, we deal with uh, Chinese manufacturer, international people, um, all our contracts are in English. So, um, you know, this is a very, very standard, you know, process. Okay. But when you move from a big company, I think that's interesting for people to listen to us. You move from a big company uh, who has, who is well known among factories and so on, and you move to being an entrepreneur to have one prototype. How do the factories react to that? Are they willing to help? Uh, are the opposite, are some of them dropped actually with you? Did you have some um, difficulties? No, no. Again, you know, we add, you know, it's just about like the, the network. So, um, you know, after some years, no, that makes 12 years. So um, obviously you, you have, everyone has his own um, core business, his own expertise. Uh, uh, some always own uh, credibility in the, in the market. And after it's just about, especially when you come with a million dollar order, uh, I mean, not a million dollar order, but uh, at least with 5,000 units to manufacture, it's not uh, too hard, you know, like to have the, the people to get interested or to, because yeah. after they can, they don't see, people are smart. People see it like, yeah, this 5,000 is just the beginning. Is it, 
maybe this will, will move to a million units. Maybe that will become the next GoPro. So it did not. <laughs> but, but, um, I have a friend who, who signed GoPro at the very beginning. Um, he signed like just to make the tooling and the same. It was like some American guy doing like this, uh, you know, like little funny camera and they just manufactured that. And after it became like crazy story. No, he's dropping down, right? We all know that GoPro is not the GoPro, uh, that was like five years ago. But, um, I can tell you for five years, they, they did like crazy things, right? They did like, they moved to a million units, uh, almost a month. So, um, that's all people say. Chinese people are very, uh, business oriented. So, um, they are happy to, and especially in the press at that time, wearable tech, you know, did not, it was very hot in 2014, I would say 2015, many people like, especially as soon as Apple came in the game and Google as the Samsung and all the brands, uh, it did not move as well as expected, but, um, it was a new category. So yeah, people were excited to, to deal with one of the early, early, you know, early bird of that segment. A step earlier was a prototype and at the prototype stage, uh, how did you, uh, how, how did the factories, uh, react to your request? Uh, were you doing everything by yourself and you didn't need a lot of, of, of factories? Basically you were assembling yourself a prototype or you had to deal with factory already? No, for prototyping, like we, we had our own workshop, uh, we're supported by, by the chipset manufacturers, like to provide some, um, some early engineering samples of chipset and, uh, we could assemble. Then we have like the, um, uh, what we call the SMT, the soldered uh, mounted technology where you can, uh, basically build your boards. And at the same, we got some good support from our partners. Um, so no prototyping is not, uh, it's more like debugging the software. Um, this, this takes a long time. Hardware wise, we were very uh, advanced at that time. So, yeah. I see. I see. So you have three segments, kids, loan workers, seniors. Could you tell us, uh, what, what's, um, what do they look for when you, you, with your product specifically? I see there is a button, red button to, to ask for help, I believe. Mm -hmm. But what's the value from, of your product compared to iWatch? I have an iWatch here right now. What's the value of your mm -hmm. product compared to the iWatch? Well, the Apple Watch is, um, is different, like in a, in a way that it's, um, it's really focused on, on, and every, every day, everyone, um, and it's mainly connected to your smartphone. So it's a kind of a more complex ecosystem. Um, wide, what we do is very, very focused on this specific segment. So there are different niche segments, like the kids, as you mentioned, um, is really like with, uh, um, with a very cute user interface and, uh, very focused on some, for example, a video call. Uh, you can send like some voice audio messaging, um, and, uh, your location in case of an emergency. And this will only communicate with an app. So what we do is that actually, well, um, when we integrate a SIM card, you don't want your kids to receive SMS or people to be able to call directly your kids. So we turn off all these features and we only connect to data. And now our next announcement actually at CS will announce our um, and you, we are integrating a new technology uh, to get rid of the, the SIM card, but only to communicate with data. 
over the chipset. So this is a really revolutionary for what we are doing on that segment. And on us, on the three segments, it could actually would be applied. But um, we focus on really making like um, this device as an IoT product and it's pure IoT um, device. And for the senior, when you press the, the button, then it's a very similar, you know, like a service, but it's a pro version, like uh, the professional version, because it will connect, and the same goes for the loan worker, it will connect to a um, call center. And that call center, based on an emergency, for example, the grandmother or the grandfather who, who have this, um, you know, this, this watch at his wrist, and if anything happens anytime, anywhere, um, he can press a button, and then the, um, we will we will extract the GPS location. We'll call back with a video call, and according to what the wearer is is speaking or not, uh, we can also take the vital sign, like uh, the you know like the heart rate or etc. And based on that, we can uh, really trigger uh, an action. So it, that can be calling an ambulance, um, bring like a you know we have a list, a white list of of people uh, which are safe. Uh, to, to, to contact, so it can be, uh, you know, the neighbor, it can be someone in the surrounding, etc., etc. So it's really a customized service for the senior, while for the kids, it would be more like a generic communication device. But once again, uh, you know, these are very different to the Apple Watch. And, and also, when Apple Watch, uh, I think Apple Watch is coming on the, it's the valuable segment is the senior, so they are going after this segment with um, kind of a premium service. But, um, you know, the price of an Apple Watch is, is still like, and it's still linked to an iPhone. So the, the complete package plus the service become very pricey. Uh, we try to make it uh, much more affordable. I think that's why our partner team up with us. We are happy they are also selecting Apple Watch in their package. But usually people will select our watch because it's, it's way more uh, affordable and our complete service is, um, yeah, it's less pricey. When you talk about senior people, um, do you do you sell to um, those um, nursing homes, those hospitals, or do you sell directly to children, the, the, the children of, the, of those senior people while buying for those senior people and then uh, can be in touch with them in, in case of issues? Is it a B2B business or the B2C business? Yeah, that's a good question. Is on... For the senior and the loan worker is purely B2B. So we will team up with people who already have like, um, uh, you know, like this kind of um, ecosystem. They are working in that. So insurance companies are very good. They are very smart people. And they have already this kind of data of uh, related to the age of the people and people who could be interested in that. Um, the B2C side of it, there are some people who, are, who would be interested, I guess, to buy a uh, but that would be to buy a senior smartwatch, but that would be very similar to, to the kid watch where it would become like, um, uh, more like a free application. It is it, very hard. I'm, I mean, I'm based in Shenzhen it would be very hard to sell a watch in the U S for example, and to have, to have someone falling and after which call center will it call it back in Shenzhen? And I, I have 20 people here to listen 24 hours <laughs> to what happened. So that won't work. So, uh, the, it's really like, um, for this kind of service needs to be, uh, local or national, um, as local as possible. I, I would say per state or in the U.S. or 
your country. In, in France, it works very well uh, that way with Arkea, for example. Uh, it's an insurance company. Or in um, Germany and UK with Safe Motion, they are doing a great job as well. And um, these are people who can provide this kind of uh, call center fit, um, you know, service. Um, Medical Guardian in the US as well, one of the leaders in that field. And they offer or watch with the service uh, because they can operate um, uh, the call center behind and the, 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 the end of the, the service. The insurance companies work with nursing homes, with hospitals, and they would provide your watch. They would make the hospitals, nursing homes, buy your watch and then provide the service behind it, uh, the support service. How does it work? I, I see there are different parts, parties involved here. Yeah. So after you know when uh, so when we deal, for example, with an insurance company, and after they can resell the watch to other um, insurers or brokers or uh, nursing homes, hospital, etc. Um, the way is that we will integrate our um, hardware and software, and we will customize it according to which um, uh, partners they will sell. And after the service will be customized as well on their side. So um, it's a um, B to B business model, and I would say up to B to B to B to C. <laughs> so okay. it can be like. Um, a long way before it goes to the end user, but that doesn't matter. At the end, what we want is for them is to have like the most professional and um, you know like the best service uh, possible. So, how far do you go into the service? I understand for the hardware, you you build the hardware fully entirely, the watch. But what about the the the, the software? Um, you are building uh, your software. On your, your, your watch on Android. Uh, I believe you can already use some apps uh, delivered by all the companies, developers on Android. But what do you provide with your team of software developers on top of that for those insurance companies, which are certainly asking for customized softwares because I don't believe they will, um, they would they would want to go to another company, develop with other people at the same time with you as the hardware. How does it work for the soft part of it? Um, so yeah, it's a combination of talents. So everyone has his own um, core business. Basically, you can. We are open to many kind of businesses, uh, business case. So um, if in some cases, like people have a very good, a very strong, robust software, or it's already integrated into their platform. Um, so we will we will merge that. So we will integrate into our our baseline um, software development um, software. And then, otherwise, we can open our source code, and then they can build directly on our, um, on the root of the device. Uh, it also happens in other cases, so it really depends. We are very open. Um, on the kit side, we offer a full turnkey solution. Uh, we are even integrating like the the connectivity. Um, so um, again, we you know in um, in this world, in, in what we are doing um, in our industry. Uh, you must be flexible to um, to be able to you know to to gain some uh, market shares and to uh, um, to launch your product. So that's all. That's our philosophy. We work with talents, and everyone has his core business. Everyone can bring uh, um, you know his own part uh, uh, to the table.
I go back to the comparison with the iWatch. The iWatch is pretty complicated. You have small icons with a lot of softwares. You have developed, we are downloaded. Sometimes you don't even know you downloaded it. And you, you find it on your iWatch. And I believe indeed for senior people, it's a nightmare. It's difficult to watch. It's difficult to see. And they don't understand that too many things, too many items. So um, how, how does you, you structure the watch to be basically easy to, easy to be used by those populations, which are kids, seniors or people who are at work we don't have to we don't want to look for the app for one minute before finding it they need immediately to get the right app yeah yeah so um, yeah we you know we try to to bring simplicity to complexity and that's a challenge so what we what we do we offer very especially for seniors is really unique what we do uh in a way that it's very powerful our uh, device you know, it's it's a 4G Android base. Um, a device is as almost as powerful as your as as a, as a smartphone. And what we do in terms of user interface, we give them very low. Um, uh, you know, like in terms of user experience, it's super easy. First, you have like the watch face, so you can press the, the black button. You will see like a, a watch display. You know, just to give you the time. And especially the seniors have been, most of them have been wearing a watch all, all over their life. So it's, it's, it's very convenient for them. Like, I mean, everyone wants to, uh, most of the people who are, um, who are using our watch in the senior community, uh, they do not even have a smartphone. So, um, uh, for them, the watch is like, it's a watch, it's a timepiece. And after the red button would just be the emergency. So all the software would be running background in the background. You will not, they will not interact with any other things. There are some of our partners who want to provide more things, um, especially for um, for some type of user who are probably younger, maybe younger generation, like in their, I don't know, like 60s, 70s, who are still very active and uh, still up to date, and they want to have, like, for example, um, you know, like the weather or this kind of uh, information, but we try or to have like the heart rate or we can provide all this information or, or pills reminders, you know, to take the medicine. But uh, I am in my, for my favorite one, my favorite software uh, or wearable as a service that we offer is really the ones who are following the, the less is more, you know, philosophy uh, in a way that it's straight to the point and it's, uh, it's super easy to use and there is no frills, no extra. You just, you just focus on the, on the mission. So um, it depends. Again, we follow what our, our, our customer want, but, uh, it's definitely not as geeky as a true smart was six years uh, back. Um, you know, like, which was like really crazy, like 10 times more crazy than a, than an Apple Watch today. I think Apple Watch do a great job in terms of user experience, but uh, the the true smart was um, was just like um, it was full craziness, right? You could load any APK from Android. So basically, you, there were some people putting games on it. You could put a YouTube. You could put a Facebook on it if you want. So it was really really crazy. Uh, for the seniors, we try to make it as simple as possible. So less is more. It's part of our philosophy. So what you're providing for seniors is a watch they have always worn uh, uh, to, 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 to see the time. And you are adding basically a phone 
and you are adding an emergency call and you are adding a camera, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, so the main features will be like um, GPS, uh, 4G, video call, but uh, all combined together with one mission. Um, so you have a watch, of course, the timepiece, you press a button just to turn it on and uh, to save battery life. You can see like, uh, can display like um, uh, the time and uh, uh, some basic information, the date if you want. And then um, when you press the red button, again, it will, it will turn on the 4G uh, module. It will extract your GPS location and it will trigger a video call with a call center. So these three features all together, we can triangulate like uh, um, your location and we can, we can see so where you are, if you, if you are able to speak, uh, if you can explain the situation. And even if you, let's say you press by mistake, it, it's fine. It's part of the service, you know, the service you, you pay on a monthly basis. So the call centers will just say, Hey, you just press on the button. What's the matter? And um this loudspeaker over the loudspeaker and then people will watch uh at the at the device and they would just say like oh i just made a mistake okay fine no problem have a good day goodbye and so it's really like um um a con almost like a concierge service uh where um, for any emergency it's like your freedom angel on your wrist does it does it take also some some data on your body like heartbeat like uh, uh, pressure wh whatever it could do to send actually to the insurance company and say hey maybe there will be a problem soon yeah that's really what um, uh, everyone is investing in that's a gr the grail is really like to to get like uh, all this kind of information and to instead of becoming like an emergency device you become like a preventive emergency device but um, you know, you want to avoid also like a um, false alert or uh, it's, it's a really complex um, uh, work. Uh, but definitely this is uh, where we are investing uh, in the next few years um, in terms of um, R&D to, to integrate some, uh, some algorithm which can be uh, combined with uh, some of our hardware. It can be like uh, definitely the first one is a, the heart rate uh, monitor. Uh, the hardware monitor can can provide you a lot of information. Then you need to combine them with with some uh, algorithm, um, and uh, then to analyze this data, and finally to extract uh, when there is uh, this data to uh, you know like to to give um, to give a diagnostic uh, which is uh, accurate. And this is. Is, is not yet the people who are, who are um, really we are targeting. It's a niche in the niche. It's a very valuable niche in the niche business-wise because that's, uh, we are very happy if we can save lives that way. Today, we, we do it more like, uh, you know, the people, you know, especially the seniors, the main issue is that after some, some when you reach some certain age, you have, you have a highly chance like to fall. And, um, when you are alone and you fall, um, and you can, you are still conscious. Um, this is like almost 90% of the time. And every day we have like a, a total, no, we have a, over 50,000 units uh, worldwide in use. And these people, you know, every day we have some people pressing that button. So 
every day we have like some people triggering like the, the, this emergency and uh, um, that's what is pushing us like to uh, to innovate to to be like could we um, could we predict that is not that easy fall you cannot really predict fall right so uh, then the heart disease or the chronic disease or um, this is a diff is kind of a different business but it's a very interesting way it's probably a younger audience as well um, with people who are at risk uh, especially heart, uh, heart disease a patient as well which are coming out of uh, an operation for example out of hospital uh, where you could uh, give you know you could offer that watch for several weeks as a um, preventive device um, but again this is um, it's kind of a different there are, there are many people working on that we are part of them as well I see. I see. Um, you talk about in your in the, in the document you sent to us about about Omen. You talk about um, a design to production time of six months. Is it what's usual time it takes to uh, initiate a new product, a new a new version of the, of the watch? Well, yeah, that would be uh, ideally from um, from design to engineering. That's our typical process. After, obviously, we have like. Um, all our design actually, we, we only make our own um, our own design internally. So we don't um, we don't really build for others. It happens time to time that people ask for adjustment, etc. Uh, it's kind of complicated. We do it, but um, uh, when because it becomes complex when you have more party uh, involved and uh, different like um, kind of uh, what we used to say in here in the greater barrier. Um, we, we, we say like uh, exotic components, you know, like components which are not are too new or not easy to source uh, locally. And here we are at the best place to, to source any consumer electronics components or mobile phone design, IoT components in the world. So um, it's a hardware, Silicon Valley, so it's super easy. But somehow when you add some different components, that can also increase the time, um, you know, of design from six months to nine months to one year, and which are more common to, um, to I would say in the West, when we design a product, the design phase would take like, from design to engineering to production, would take more to one to 18 months, one year to 12 months to 18 months. In Shenzhen, we, we can go very, very fast. So that's the point about, <laughs> but probably about that side. I'd like to go back on, on um, the new product you are going to launch soon. Um, if I understand correctly, you told me that this, this, um, this device, this watch, will not need anymore a, a SIM card and it will still be connected to, uh, to telecom and to, to the internet. Could you tell us more about it? Yeah, so this is um, so it's something we will announce later, but it's okay. I can share with you. Uh, it's fine. It's about, um, you know, in the... You probably heard about, so you, you know that the, the SIM card has been uh, shrinking down to, you know, we had these big SIM cards in the 10 years ago, then it went to, um, we had this mini SIM card, and then we got this micro SIM card, and now in your, in your Apple Watch, or in your, even in your iPhone, uh, the new iPhone, there is a call, something called the eSIM, which is still an electronic, um, you know, a component is a, is a tiny component. It's a one millimeter by one millimeter. It's very good in terms of integration. And, but it's still a component. And it's a component where you, is linked to operators. 
And uh, like any SIM card is linked to a network, is is linked to an, an operator. That's why when you when you buy a SIM card, you have the name of the operator on it, and um, it it makes it very uh, difficult for IoT product to have to run with SIM cards. It's it's very hard to 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 mass produce um, and to attract to make it a, a global global product very easily because and it one needs more thing. To have a SIM card. Uh, so, sorry to interrupt, but it's adding a cost to the customer because they need to buy a new SIM card and they need to buy a new uh, a new plan, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so that's why IoT people were not very good yet to to sell uh, products because this product move with the service, but in between the enabler of the service, you need to have a SIM card, and if you don't provide the SIM card, that really destroy your whole business model. So for many years, we have been trying to figure out how we can, you know, like bundle with a SIM card and uh, to have like a SIM card, which is like very, um, uh, you know, like regionally friendly, um, world worldwide friendly. <laughs> so um, we did several experiments. And finally, now there is a new technology called virtual SIM card. Uh, one of the leader is, a, is actually the MiFi leader, you know, like this kind of portable a Wi-Fi module that you can uh, use and as a hotspot for when you are traveling. So one of the leaders is called Skyrom. It's a, it's a great company um, based in, in, in the US and in, in Shenzhen. Um, and we are teaming up with them. Yeah, we are, we are going to launch something where we integrate their, um, their virtual SIM card into, into a wearable. And, and we believe that will be a game changer because we will offer the, this virtual SIM card service, uh, so it, the device will work uh, out of the box immediately. And more importantly, it, it will be like kind of a global roaming. So it, it will use like a local network wherever it is in the world. So we will start first in uh, most likely in the US, but um, step by step we will be able like to explore other other um, countries, other region, other of the uh, continent you know, by, by offering the same device and which can connect directly out of the box. So people, we, we remove one step um, for the people to uh, directly use of our device. So virtual SIM card, it reminds me a service that Stripe is offering, which is a virtual IBAN. So basically you have your IBAN from your bank and then you want you, you rent an apartment and you want to know this money comes from someone, the person who is renting your apartment and you are going to give them a V, virtual IBAN, which is actually to be linked to this person. Is it similar that the virtual SIM card, is it that you have your own SIM card, but you can demultiply actually the location of the SIM card with a virtual SIM card or is it the soft, the, the hardware, which has actually, uh, let's say, a centralized SIM card, and you have on each item of the, the, the hardware uh, a virtual SIM card. Could you detail a bit more about the technology? Well, um, I'm not sure about the Stripe or the um, uh, on the banking system, but um, what we are doing on this um, this virtual SIM card is is really it, it will just um, provide um, kind of a local number, but you, it will change automatically because we're only using data. So data is no number. If there is no phone number, again, you cannot receive SMS, MMS, uh, phone call. Everything will go through our application, uh, just like we do with WhatsApp call or when we do like a WeChat in, in, in China. So uh, it will communicate with um, 
the, the phone, the smartphone, uh, as a, uh, you know, like the master for the, for the kids and the watch, the watch will have this virtual SIM card where it will be able to connect any, any network. But the, the beauty of it, it can detect according to the GPS location or the tower, uh, the tower location, it will, it will connect to the um, strongest network. And this is a game changer because especially for emergency devices or uh, what we call like the, the PRS, like a personal emergency response um, um, service, like a, this kind of device, it's very important to have a very strong connectivity anytime, anywhere. So using this virtual SIM card, it will just connect to the closest tower. So you will always have suddenly you can connect to one operator and in the afternoon you can in the morning and in the afternoon you can connect to another one depending on where you are and without affecting your cost because all this cost we will pre-integrate um that cost into um into the device so we our goal will be to offer an unlimited data connection uh to our end user and that you have a cost will be you be as so a monthly cost. cost. Yeah, you be as a monthly cost. Yeah, you, you could sell a product. Won't be a monthly cost. Yeah, we, we want to avoid the monthly um, revenue, you know. So it looks beautiful like that, right? You have a monthly revenue. But um, for IoT devices, it doesn't really work this way. Um, again, you don't, want, you don't want the people to have like the trouble to think like, Ah, okay. I bought this device like hundred US dollar. Sounds, sounds good. It's a great device. I like it. Oh, and after every month, I would have ten dollar per month. But at the end of the year, this is hundred twenty US dollar. is is actually more than the cost of your device. So what we want to integrate is by by negotiating with with more units, we can provide a better price and we can integrate uh, into that price. So if I tell you like instead of 100 US dollar, I offer you 129 US dollar, but it's like unlimited. I think this is a, a game changer. But how do you do if the product is used for 10 years? How can you support the service for 10 years? No, we will, of course, there will be like, uh, like any unlimited things, like <laughs> which means there is kind of a limit, which we still have like um, um, to have like a fair, um, fair usage of the service. Uh, so I believe we will start with a one-year service where we will say like we provide like um, a one-year unlimited service, use it as much as you like. And after after one year, you can contact us back. You can say like, okay, I want to top up. I want to top up to, to get another one year or no, um, I'm not using it enough. Maybe I will just buy a SIM card on the side and I, um, it will still be open actually. It will still keep... Uh, a SIM card slot uh, for people who still want to, to use their own service and also for B2B, some people, uh, they have some deals with their, you know, like local operators, etc. So, um, again, we are very open people. <laughs> this is probably like a, a good summary of what we are and what we do. We are very open on business model, very business oriented, so that um, we, we must bring flexibility to, to prove that. That's what we do every day. 
About financing uh, all made, uh, you talked about Kickstarter. We, we started the conversation with that and we fully understand how it works. Uh, but you also raised money from 500 startups. And I, at that time, maybe it, it, it was still Dave McClure. How did you raise uh, money from them? And what was the need for raising money? Because you had already the money from the, the Kickstarter. Well, that was four years ago. So yeah, Dave was, was still on board. Um, uh, basically, we got like um, a, a lady. I, 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 um, I, I got connected to uh, Ruema, which was uh, she was at that time like in charge of uh, um, some investment at uh, 500. Then she, she she left the company a few years later. But um, so Rue came to us uh, in 2015 and she said, "Hey, I would like to know more about Omate. Um, um, I know like." Um, uh, y Combinator invested in Pebble, so 500. We are also looking for a wearable tech company. And I said, okay, why not? It's, <laughs> so, um, it, it was really like um, an opportunity. And for us, it was good to... Um, it was also at the time we were, we were exploring like the US market. Uh, when we was were it? in that fashion time, uh, 2015. So we were like just like uh, 18 months... Uh, just like yeah, 18 months company, like really a running company. And, um, and yeah, that was um, an experience. Like we, 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 we stay like with the team, some part of the team, we stay like uh, for six months in a mountain view uh, at, the, um, at the 500 startup office. Um, again, it was, it was great to see like a different from, you know, different perspective. Um, uh, the, the the market, the US market, many smart people around, but uh, really into into software and internet, um, less into hardware. So, um, yeah, great experience, just like an opportunity, like uh, many others. I see on Crunchbase. I was googling Omate on Crunchbase. I was looking for Omate on 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 Crunchbase, and I see you raised like two hundred seventeen point eight k USD. Uh, Five hundred start. I don't know if the number is right. But that's what we can see on Crunchbase, and. Um, um, usually, for the startups, they give like fifty thousand dollars for the prototype. But you already had the prototype. You already had a Kickstarter with one million dollars uh, in the bank account. So, what was it used to be with a five hundred startup? Uh, five hundred made an um, an offer actually. Um, so usually they invest like uh, in the in the seven uh, percent per startup. They they invested a bit less uh, into us, uh, but for a similar amount of money. Um, then at the same time, it was like maybe two, two, three months later after we went out of uh, the batch of, uh, which we were batch 13. And, um, we, we did like a, a new crowdfunding. We did like the only, I think no one did that uh, after that, but we did a Indiegogo. We did a two day campaign. And that, that two day campaign was, um, um, we raised like, I think $250,000. It was a limited edition of a new model and we put 1,000 watches of our new model. And in two days we, we sold them out. So we just said we would do a two day company. And because we were moving our business model to, from B2C to become really B2B. And we said like, okay, no, you see, we sold, um, in, in, in two days, we sold like this, uh, 1,000 units. And this is limited edition, 250 US dollar per unit. So we got like $250,000, uh, uh, several days later. 
that was um, the turning point to say Omate will will become um, an expert of um, uh, designing products um, and uh, teaming up with with other people. So no, we always do that. We always launch a product. We do limited edition because we still want to give like our early uh, kind of community or people who who want to buy your products at the very beginning and they want to be the first and they want to be like a kind of a, um, part of the pilot. And uh, we will always offer like a thousand limited edition. And um, because it's not our, um, our business to do B2C, we give them a great, um, a great deal. Uh, we give them like, a, we really make them VIP. And after we, we move our business to B2B. So that means like distributor would contact us and say, okay, I would take another 3,000 units. I would take 5,000 units. I would take 10,000 units in that country. I see. Yeah. So that's your process. You, you run yeah. a campaign first yeah. on a kind of Indiegogo, Kickstarter, maybe JD some, sometime in the future. And then after you, 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 have, you have the product and businesses can see you actually. They can even come to you to, to, to buy your product. And then you, you, you have certainly a, a different kind of agreement, pricing and a, a customization because you insist on customization on your, on your presentation for the businesses which buy your product. Yeah, exactly. It's so, your shop. Um, yeah, it's kind of um, B two C to B, right? So you 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 launch your product and um, you announce it as a consumer company, and you say, "Hey, we announce, we make a proper press release, we announce a product, and we say, you know what? There is a very limited edition." So after people that sometimes are very frustrated, they contact us to, uh, several weeks after and say, "I want to buy it," and we say, "Sorry, it's, it's sold out," and say. But your website is always sold out. I say, yeah, because we, we, we only launch like maybe one or two products a year. <laughs> so we have very limited, um, units for end users. And after that, and again, we really try to make these people VIP because for us, it's very important. Like they have a great experience. If anything, for example, went bad to a quality control and there is one unit, you know, people receive and it doesn't work. We just tell them like, okay, don't worry, keep it. We send you immediately a new one. It's free and uh, don't worry. We really try to bring this amazing experience to people that we will not let them down. But we can only do that on a, we can even, I would not say like we lose money, but we try to be just break even on that. We just try to make these people uh, happy, but we can only do that on a limited edition. Afterwards, um, we can also demonstrate to our B2B customers that, uh, look, there is um, there are already like um, some users. They can bring back some some ideas, and we can customize. We can do it better, and we can say, look, these people um, look pretty happy with the product. So you know, it's easy also to demonstrate that the product is doing well, and that they can start in their own uh, market uh, to get the exclusivity on their market, and then we can support them locally. I see. Very, very interesting and um, um, very efficient strategy because basically you don't have to spend that much in marketing and your marketing actually making uh, you earn a bit of money. Even if you say you are break, breaking even on those uh, limited edition. Um, thank you very much, Laurent, for your time. Actually, it was so interesting that we didn't go through the usual 10 questions at the end of the interview uh, because we had enough to talk about with uh, with with all your, your entrepreneurship yeah, stories. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much again. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope everyone will listen to us as enjoyed as well the talk. Bye-bye, everyone.